So the topic today, actually, despite all what it seems like, it's not gratitude. The topic today is generosity. But I thought that feeling of gratitude, that that sense of fullness, actually leads to quite naturally generosity, right? Just right away from the start. I have a poem that I'm sure I've read to you all before, but I really like it. It's by Hafiz, who is a Persian poet. He said, Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, You owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. So, we could really look at all that is already given to us here. I mean, I'm talking about that in the yoga too. All that's already given to us. Somebody mentioned running water and electricity. Like all that's already given to us. Really, in some way, you could say that we are held in this web of life. That we're not separate. That everything, and you could say in some respects that everything, because you're here, everything has been given to you. Each of us start as uh, little babies. So if we could like go back so many years and imagine all of us, instead of being adults here, little babies here. And everybody, every person, when we start, we are completely dependent on others, completely on, dependent on what is given to us. Food, shelter, warmth care, emotional support, love. And something happens once we're adults that we think like that we're not dependent on the whole world or that we're not dependent on others. And especially in our culture, we have in in the American culture, there's this idea of pull yourself up and be independent. In fact, um, I've been talking recently about this, this topic of generosity and to, uh, to, with, with very few exceptions, most people are very good at giving, and very, it's very hard to receive. I mean, you might be the exception, but just in general, we're taught that receiving is bad and giving is good, like to be independent and take care of things on your own and sort of not need any help. But actually, to give, we actually need to have a receiver, and that that's the nature of this world that we live in is this flow of give and take, this flow of giving and receiving that we are actually held. Like somebody grew the food that you've eaten today and this week. Like somebody actually grew that. You didn't do that. I mean, unless you're a master gardener and grew everything, which some of you might be, but in general, somebody's growing that food and and actually, their family is participating in them growing the food because they have the family that supported them. And the food that you've eaten is dependent on the sunshine, the sun coming to the earth and the rain and the soil and the environment. And, and, and that we have roads. Like, we have roads. That's given to us, too, in this country. It's pretty amazing that we have roads and and just so much is actually given to us all the time that we don't think about and that we don't really actually stop and notice that we're not these little, it's a, it's a little bit of a delusion to think that we're this independent person that never needs anything from anybody ever and that's the best way to be. It's not actually how it is. 
it's 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 completely like we're woven into the environment we're not separate we're we're held and that when we are in alignment with this flow of giving and receiving we're actually in alignment with dharma so this word dharma sometimes uh, it's also said dhamma uh, the truth of the way things are the teachings and also, interestingly enough, it could be thought of as dharma, as your duty, as your duty to be in alignment with the way things are, which is a big circle of giving and receiving. Um, and you could say that all of the teachings are a cultivation of generosity. Because what we're doing when we're, when we're practicing dharma is we're stepping out of our preoccupation with the small sense of self, the sense of scarcity, the sense of lack. We're stepping out of our preoccupation with our own and stepping into uh, a wider circle of being, a circle of giving and receiving, stepping into the flow of life. Did you notice that? Like, did you ever have a time? Um, this happened to me this week, actually. I was kind of like in a really bad mood and kind of just like not super happy. And I had to go teach meditation and give this talk. And as soon as I started giving to others and hearing the teachings, like as soon as I wasn't so preoccupied about why I didn't like whatever was happening in my life, as soon as I stopped that sense of small self, that sense of preoccupation, then I was re-engaged and reconnected and intimate with life again. Like that sense of coming into alignment with dharma. So you could say that all of the teachings are a step away from the preoccupation with your own small self and into a wider sense of being. And we step into the circle of life, the circle of giving and receiving, which is really the way things are. You know, if we look at this piece of paper... It's a recycled piece of paper with the poem on one side. That um, actually, if we look very closely, this is a concept from Thich Nhat Hanh, who I mentioned earlier, a Vietnamese teacher. Um, this piece of paper has within it, it has the clouds that were the weather that produced the rain that grew the tree. And it also has all the people that tended to the tree and then the people that cut down the tree and all the people that milled the tree. And then it also has the soil that grew the tree and the sunshine. So you could say in this piece of paper, there is the whole world if we looked deeply and closely. And in the same way, if we can look deeply and closely at ourselves, our own lives, and each other, we are held in this world, in something bigger. So that generosity is an enlightened act. It's an enlightened act when we're held, when we're feeling held, when we're feeling, when we've stepped out of our own preoccupations, that we are um, acting in an enlightened way. I think this is very interesting. I have this long, um, long teaching from the Zen tradition about generosity. It says at the beginning, giving... So generosity, giving, means non-greed. Doesn't greed cause suffering? Have you heard that before in this place? This thing about our wanting mind, our wanting mind causes suffering, and that giving means non-greed. That's what I mean by it's an enlightened act when we are stepping out of that, oh, I need this next thing. I listened to a podcast probably last week, and there was an interview 
this woman was interviewing a family. They were Americans, and they had raised their child in an African country. I cannot remember which country, but at any rate, they'd raised their child until he was five in an African country, and they came to the United States and put him in kindergarten. And he did not understand Cher. It was the hardest thing for him because share in the United States is I get what's mine and I parse out what I get to give to others. And he had a very different idea of share being it's just a collective. And I thought that was really interesting in how we're trained in this country. Those of you that grew up here, it's all about like what's me and mine. And then we're taught about giving being just like what you can parse out, and you get what you want, you get it back too, right? With the little kid, share your toy, and you get it. Like that's an interesting way to look at sharing. That's a cultural way to look at sharing. Anyway, so back to the Zen, the Zen thing. Um, Every gift has its value and is worth giving. So, of course, we can give money, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that we need to give money for the people that are in the flood zones and the storm zones. But everything can be a gift. It could be a gift of um, just saying hello to someone in a kind way or actually making eye contact with your cashier at the grocery store, right? There's so many ways to give. It's not necessarily just money, just things. Uh, I have a little friend. She's 18 months old. And she was learning. um, She's a little older now, but around when she was 18, she was learning this. And she was giving me, like, a leaf. Like, we'd be outside, and she'd give me a leaf. And then I'd give it back to her. And then sometimes she'd give me a leaf, and she wouldn't want it back. Like, she was learning about this generosity from a very young age, this learning So this um, teaching says, the Zen teaching, even when you give a particle of dust, you should rejoice in your own act. So to give to your family is also giving. So everything is giving. It doesn't have to be in the traditional sense. Giving presents, giving the gift of uh, the teaching. Sometimes if we have someone in our life who's having a hard time, we might be able to remind them of some piece of wisdom, and that can be a gift, or the, the leaf for my little 18-month-old. Like, there's so, it doesn't have to be this thing. We have an idea, it has to be, oh, this big thing. It doesn't have to be, it's whatever you can give at any time. So the Zen teaching says, a king gave his beard as medicine to cure his retainer's disease. A child offered sand to the Buddha and became a king in later birth. So offering sands and then becoming a king in later birth. I mean, whether you believe in rebirth or not, just this idea that giving doesn't have to be limited to money. Money's great, but other things too. Um, It goes on. Uh, They, so the king and the child, were not greedy for reward, but only shared what they could. To launch a boat or build a bridge is an act of giving. If you study giving closely, you see that to accept a body and to give up the body are both giving. Making a living and producing things can be nothing other than giving. To leave flowers to the wind, to leave birds to the seasons, are also acts of giving.
So our giving can transform greed. Giving can transform our greed. Um, Some of you know my husband makes little pendants that say peace in different languages. I think a lot of you have seen them. So he gives them everywhere we go. He's got a handful of them in his bag, and he gives them out everywhere. We went, we were in Oregon for the eclipse, and we went to this restaurant. It was an Ethiopian restaurant, and he dug through his bag. So he makes little pendants. They say peace, and he makes them, uh, the language will be in different, different, peace in different languages. And it turned out we are at an Ethiopian restaurant, and in Ethiopia, I think they speak, speak Eritrean. But he found the language that these people spoke. We were in America. And he gave them these peace chains. And then just the smiles and the sense of connection that happened with that generosity. Because when there's generosity, then it can lead to intimacy. There's like a connection. And I've noticed this myself. I had to learn to accept compliments. I don't know if some of you had this trouble too. Because there's a way where if we can't allow the receiving end of the giving, it stops. It blocks the intimacy. So, And I've really noticed most everybody, when Joe is giving out his peace chains, most everybody receives them. But every once in a while, someone will be like, no, 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 no. And it, it feels like there's just a block, like that can't, that can't be received. And there's not this great intimacy and this sense of connection that can happen. Or like if you go through the bridge, the bridge toll, and um, you have cash and you pay for the person behind you and how that can ripple on maybe into the next day for people, right? Like we just don't know. And, and that generosity can actually lead to sense of connection and intimacy. It's a sense of non-greed. So um, I think I've told this story to this group before, but it bears repeating I went to Myanmar uh, four years ago now, and I practiced in a monastery. I went to a monastery to do meditation for a month. And I got there, and um, I'm in Myanmar, so none of the teachings were in English. There weren't very many people that were only English-speaking there. It was mostly people that spoke Burmese because it was in Burma, right? So I couldn't understand the teachings. I knew what to do. I've been on meditation retreats. So you meditate, and then you do walking meditation. When it's time to eat, you eat. But there is a way where um, culturally I felt like there is such a broad spirit of generosity to be there. So every morning we woke up. I think we woke up at 3.30 a.m. It was god-awful early time. And after the early morning meditation, the women um, would get up, and sweep the meditation hall and then mop it. Now, I didn't speak Burmese. Nobody asked me, but what I did was I started helping. I just went and found a broom because there's a whole bunch of people and everybody's sweeping. And then I started helping. And, um, and then at the mealtime, at the time, uh, I wasn't eating a lot of uh, sugary desserts. And so they would give us these sugary desserts and I would hand them over. And then the other people would, because we were in silence too, right? So I just hand it over. And then other people would give me their fruit or parts of their meal that they didn't want. And so I was giving and both giving and receiving. And what happened was I felt really embedded in the community, and I felt like I made friends with these people that I was silent with and that I didn't even speak the same language or grow up with, but I had friends. Like I felt like I was part of the community, and I was really held. And it was quite beautiful, um, beautiful in a way that's very different than going on silent retreat here 
because there's uh, more of an isolation thing that can happen here. But at any rate, it was, I felt really embedded in the community. And then um, I was there for my birthday, so I decided to give breakfast to everybody in the monastery because in the United States I could not afford to give 200 people breakfast it it would be out of my price range but I thought okay I'm here and I can try and do this and it's considered to be very good merit some of you that were here last week saw the the movie with the nuns and how um, everybody feeds the monastics in the culture so it's considered to be very fortunate to give food so I decided to give food and it, it was not America. It was very different. It was a big deal, like what kind of food I wanted. And then I, um, they, I wanted to give cake because it was my birthday, even though it was breakfast. So I got taken out of the meditation retreat, like taken out and taken to the store to pick up the cake, to pick the kind of cake that I wanted. And then I had um, the other Westerners, they had me have the other, there was like maybe four other women or three other women Westerners. Like we would serve, we served the food and the breakfast and they had this big neon sign. It was maybe five feet tall outside the dining hall that had my name in neon lights like here oh my god like everybody wants to give anonymously when you give a meal but my name was in neon lights it was spelled wrong too it's pretty awesome and you know what like even four years later it was an amazing experience because there was so much like I can even feel it now happiness and being able to give food and have it be acknowledged and like feed that many people, even though it was just once in my life. And, um, and actually the Buddha, it's interesting enough, the Buddha says that when we're generous, to actually think about it beforehand, rejoice in the goodness when you do it, and reflect on it later and let yourself receive the good feeling of having been generous. So, so often I think we uh, think this not-self means that we're just going to diminish ourselves, but actually the instruction is to feel good and let yourself feel good about when you're generous. You know why? Because then you'll do it again. Because it feels good to be generous, yes? I'm not talking about the kind of generous that's... Because um, sometimes generosity can actually be a manipulation. I'm talking about generosity, like when you're, when you're actually generous to let yourself feel good about it and receive it. And so that, um, can I give you homework? I'm going to give you homework. Your homework is to notice just for the next week or maybe just today when you're giving and receiving, because this happens all the time. You open the door for somebody to let them out. Like actually notice it and let yourself feel the goodness of it. Like it's okay to let yourself feel the goodness of giving and receiving generosity. Right? That's your homework. And the instruction is that when you do that, you create the conditions for it to happen again. Right? So we want to cultivate the conditions for them for that to happen again. Okay. I think that might be. I have some questions for discussion too for us, but let's see if I covered everything. Oh, I did want to mention, actually, this is good that we can also give uh, the gift of fearlessness with our ethical behavior. Ethical behavior is not necessarily very uh, 
sexy is not the right word that I mean, but not very intriguing concepts. Like we want to hear maybe about not self, or we want to hear about loving kindness and compassion. But actually, ethical behavior is quite a gift that you can give to the people around you. So, for example, here in this room, I think we all feel safe enough to know that nobody's going to come up and hit somebody else. That's actually a gift because that doesn't happen in every context, right? The gift of safety, of non-harming, that if you are ethical in your behavior of non-harming, that that's a gift for people around you. Or um, I have a good friend She never, ever speaks about other people. I don't know what's going on with her other friends. I don't know when she's seen them, when she hasn't. And there's a way where I feel like anything I say to her is completely safe. It's held. It's not going to get to the next person. Isn't that a horrible feeling when you say something to somebody and then it gets back to you? Right? Like, that's a gift of safety, this ethical behavior that we can give to each other, non-harming and uh, honesty and kindness with our speech and not gossiping and um, not lying. That can be quite a gift, not only to yourself, but to people around you. So just to broaden your idea of what can be given as a generosity to include, um, to include uh, ethical behavior. As something that's really um, wonderful. Okay. So I have a question for the group. What are conditions that support your generosity? So I pointed to at the beginning sort of a big one, which is actually remembering to feel like you have enough. So when I feel like I have enough, then there's, it's easier for me to give. So I'm wondering, what are conditions, if you can think of other things, or maybe things that are within that category that really support generosity in your life? Yeah. Will you get the... Thank you, dear. I think in the past, I used to be generous um, to try and get things back. Um, and so my new thing, after years of getting rid of judgment, last couple of years has been getting rid of expectations. So my new thing now is generosity with absolutely no expectations. Um, I mean, a little thing. Um, I was in a retail shop driving cross country and was very friendly with the woman behind the counter and she was absolutely miserable. And... I just kept being kind and I didn't go overboard to make her feel bad. And I think my happiness actually was bringing her down a little bit because she was just not in a good place. And I was just going to stay happy and, and thank her. And that was enough and moving on. And so with everything though, giving whatever you're going to give, not having any expectations to get anything back is really beautiful sometimes. So that's what I'm doing. That's a practice, right? Like, I like how you're talking about it. It's something that you're cultivating right now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing also is to not, um, like, to not, uh, like, we do give sometimes with expectations. and And the instruction is to actually still rejoice in that giving, too. Like, 
like we can be honest about and see how our expectations are causing suffering, but also to let ourselves off the hook a little bit. Does that make sense? Like, okay, like it's like this, and, and we're practicing. We're all in this together, and we're practicing. It's not called a perfect, these things. They're called practices. And so um, to uh, avoid the trap of being too harsh on ourselves when there are expectations. And also, too, on the other side is to say, I also am trying now to say thank you or accept. Ah, uh, really yeah. Give, give, give. Right. So trying when somebody compliments me or gives me something to just say thank you and shut up. Right. To actually learn to receive. Right. I feel like that was something I had to do too. What else? Anybody else have other? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of sort of creating the conditions for generosity, I would say that it matters, I guess. Sometimes I think it's easy to feel overwhelmed by problems in the world or things going on Uh, and that what we say or do doesn't have any impact. And I think sometimes remembering that little things, all that stuff matters over time and just sort of, you know, reassuring yourself that we're not, you know, that even in our small ways, we all have impacts, whatever. Right. That's beautiful. I think that's true, right? Like, just can you just hold it for the next person? That that we what we do does matter, and um, it it does count. I think that's part of the teachings in general that how we are in the world does matter. It's this paradox because it seems like there's so many people, but what we do does matter. We can make a difference each of us in our own way, and that it is important. So thank you. That's good. Anybody else? Yeah, right behind you. I, I think sometimes, for me, the conditions, um, sometimes the painful conditions in our own lives, I think, can help with that. Um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, you were in you were in a bad, maybe a challenging space, and then you did the teaching, and and you had a different perspective. And and I think for me, I like I volunteer out at um, Hella Creek Ranch, which is a therapeutic riding um, school, and. Um, everyone says, oh, that's great you do that and all that. But really, it's, it's, it's helpful for me to enter this larger space and um, just, just get a greater perspective on my own little small, small world. So. I had written this down because I've given this talk before. Um, generous people are healthier. Um, and I think I was looking at some actual research like Western medicine kind of research, scientific study, but I can't remember, which is why I didn't say it. But I'm bringing it up now because I think there is research that shows that when we're generous, it's actually like we're healthier. We feel better. Yeah. Let's pass it down. And you're saying that brings to mind for me that if I'm, sometimes I give, 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 but if I am not generous to myself first... Uh. Right. then uh, it just it just makes it so much easier to be generous towards others. Right, right. Keeping our own cup full so that we can then participate more. Yeah. I think there's something about the giving and receiving both that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Pass it on. No, no, you got to do it. You got to do it. So... So these are enablers of generosity, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think empathy is ah, an enable of generosity. Right. One example is just knowing 
like early in the morning that my wife is going to have a hard day at work and getting uh -huh. up early and making the coffee for uh -huh. her. You know, so she doesn't have to get up quite as early. Right, but, right. But making a generous offer. Right, like the sense of seeing something from another person's point of view. You know, the reason I'm asking for conditions for generosity because um, uh, the Buddhist teaching is very strong on creating the conditions for things to arise rather than forcing ourselves. So that's why I was saying in the yoga and earlier, if the conditions aren't here for you to feel gratitude, then you need to turn around, not bang yourself up or force yourself to be grateful or force yourself to be generous. Then the instruction is to then cultivate the conditions rather than the thing itself so that we back up a little bit so that we have compassion and kindness through this whole process. Yeah, anybody else conditions? I think there's, yeah, you've got something. Yeah, it was just kind of resonating for me thinking about the circle of um, giving and receiving that actually receiving really helps to create the condition. Yeah. Um, when you've gone through a difficult period or a loss or and other folks have been generous in ways that, right. you know, you really took in and yeah. felt then it opens your heart to yeah. feel like you can give in new ways that you hadn't right. realized. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. We have time for one more if there's anybody else. Okay. So let's just uh, come into a pod. Oh, wait. Can I give you another homework? Okay. You can do it or not, but if you remember, the first homework, remember, was to notice giving and receiving for the rest of the day and, and just actually bring your mind to it. Even like little social givings that maybe would be not thought of, but to actually notice them. Okay, so here's, here's a homework. This is from a sheet written by Gil Fronsdale, who's a teacher in this tradition, um, and, and here's the homework. During this month or during, you know, during this week, if you want to practice this week, look for an opportunity where you want to do something generous that feels like a challenge or a stretch for you to do it. All right, so something that maybe is a little outside your comfort zone. Act on your wish and explore. So actually do it and explore what you feel and think before, during, and after doing it. Okay? You have your task. Team generosity unite. <laughs> All right, so let's come into a pause just to let that settle. So may you be safe and protected, and may you be as healthy as possible, and may you know great peace. If there are any blessings from this practice, any merit, any goodness arising, Let's offer that out into the world. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.